that's a, that's a spicy meatball. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, the greatest sports website in the world. Tuesday, January 7th, I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Just getting low over here. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery. Taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee Lee, and last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Thanks for joining us. Follow us on social media. You guys know to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Inc. Make sure you're following us for sure on uh, both of those platforms today because uh, we're going to be doing Trey's payoff for his December Pick'em loss. We'll have that clip up on both of those, Twitter and Instagram. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. You still got time to email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be beach-stepping on Wednesday a little bit later this week, so get your cues in now. And uh, yesterday, I told you guys to save the date. Saturday, February 15th. Why? Because we're recording a live podcast before All-Star Saturday night in Chicago. Yes, we're at Shuba's Tavern in Chicago, Illinois. We want you to come out and uh, have a lot of fun with us at the live show. We've done this before in the past. Always had a blast. Tickets are going to go on sale very, very soon for this. But again, circle that date, get your ass to Chicago, and come out and see us. And I think tickets are going to go pretty quickly. We don't have a ton. It's not a giant venue. So uh, be ready to go as soon as we drop that link for those tickets. And just another reason to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Can't wait. Should be fun. Lee, do you know what you're going to wear? Oh, I can't reveal oh, it now. No. Better be swaggy. Well, yeah. you already know. It's January 7th. You already uh, know. I'm working on something. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, like Getting sewing? something tailored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get down to uh, Dillard's and have a little Ooh. squeeze. Ooh. See, see you soon, Dillard's. See if I can cash in on a little New Year uh, sale. Dillard's <laughs> run. All right. Um, well, we got lots uh, to talk about here today. We're going to play a little true or false uh, with some of the news that we've gotten over the last 24 hours. But I thought we'd start with a little what you got. Yeah, what you got? Guys, controversial finish in New Orleans between the Jazz and the Pelicans last night. Pels down two. They get the stop. Just seconds remaining. And instead of calling a timeout, or, or getting one at least granted to them, Brandon Ingram, he drives to try to tie it at the buzzer, but Rudy Gobert denies him at the rim. No foul called. Jazz win, Pelicans upset. So let's get into it. Jazz Pelicans ending. Right no call by the officials, or that was a foul. What you got? Foul. That was a foul. They missed that one. That was a he was hacked on the arm. Yes. That being said, the referees saw a guy who was a little bit out of control flying down the floor in Brandon Ingram, and he was sort of under the rim. And so it's a little bit understandable why they didn't make the call, because he was almost gone from the court. He was sort of underneath the backboard. He had a hand on Rudy Gobert as well. Rudy Gobert's defensive True. player of the year. Got a call, but it was it was hectic, and he was a little bit out of control, and so I think that goes against Ingram as he was flying down. He, he was It was unlike a Brandon Ingram play because Ingram's always in control and slowed down, slowed, goes at his own pace like Luka, but he's kind of flailing even though he did get hacked in the end. I thought he should pull up, but... He did his uh, he did his thing. And he did the he right thing. Hacked. He did the right thing by going in to give himself an opportunity of perhaps scoring or perhaps drawing a foul, and he drew a foul. 
and I wasn't called. And and to me, honestly, uh, you know, you, you know, it's hectic. It's late in the game. That was pretty clear. I thought. I thought Go- Gobert comes up, arms up, but then his left arm comes across. Yeah. And look. look he, or did Ingram's arm come up? Well, Ingram's arm did think. come up, but I yeah, because I, I watched Ingram it. is trying to like contort yeah. around Gobert, who's pretty straight up. He was, but th- that's when I went and watched it back over and over again. And Gobert does lower that arm down. And, and oh yeah, it, you know, it looks like he does it. get him at the end on the wrist. Yes, I agree that, with that. But Tass said too, there is Ingram wrapping him a little bit, yeah, sort of uh, that, either trying to keep himself up or pulling him towards. I him. think yeah. that's a different uh, a different story right there. I think that the the contact was there. And it wasn't sort of one of those hand part of the ball things. It was clear on his wrist. So I think the referees missed that. They said after the game, they thought that that we felt during live play that Rudy played legal defense. Now, I get that. I get that for sure. Because in the moment, it's tough. But if you're not sure, can they go back and check that? No. Not on a no call. Well, no. That's right. the, I mean, that's where we get into the situation of like, okay, should an official just call everything? So, because then they okay. can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think a big part of it, it being Rudy Gobert, you know, Definitely. a two-time defensive player of the year, um, that helps the case of the no-call. There's just no doubt about it. He's, uh, we know he's a great defender. He's got the reputation. And if that's, I don't know, 90% of other players in the league, other bigs in the league, that's possibly, if it's the exact same, that's probably being whistled. I truly believe that. Definitely. You get the benefit of the doubt when you're one of the better defenders yeah. out there. Because when he's running down the court and he gets his arms up, it looks like he's going straight up for that part of it. He definitely makes contact on the follow through and when Ingram finally yeah. tries to get to the ball to the hoop. But uh, like Rudy, uh, Roy Hibbert, when he was like one of the best guys in the league, he did such a great job of keeping his arms up and he would jump into drivers all the time. Like his body would fly into guys, but since he's staying up straight and since he had the reputation as a great defender, you're not going to get the call, especially in the last couple of seconds of the game. I tend to fall on the side of let's not call every single little tiny thing. I, I mean, if you're the Pelicans, you're definitely upset about it. It was a good play, but... Uh, you know, Rudy made a good contest. Ingram made a good play getting to the hoop. It went the wrong way for the Pelicans. There's something about this that you were like a little – You're sounds like you're honestly a little confused with like what could be overturned. Yeah. Could they call it because like the Jazz left the court. They're like, we win. Bye. And then the Pelicans are going, hey, uh, let's look at it. And there was a lot of confusion. Yeah. Now the officials went to look at it. Right. But they were not looking ever no. at – the idea the of like, was it a foul and can we overturn it? No, they were, you know, they Seeing said there was time left. They thought there might be a clock malfunction and yeah. time left. Yeah. Um, but you know what? To like piggyback off that, this is something that drives me nuts because, like, look, you know, I'd like to think we're somewhat considered some basketball experts, or at least we <laughs> pretend to be. Um, you know, even you're confused, or we're all confused. What's the call? And this and this makes it worse. If you go to ESPN today, okay, about this game, about this incident, within the ESPN article, it says. The referees reviewed to see if there was time left on the clock after any possible clock malfunction. Once they determined that, because the rules prohibit them from retroactively adding a foul in the situation, the game was finished. Okay. But, in the ESPN video caption on the same damn article, it says, Rudy Gobert forces a Brandon Brandon Ingram miss to potentially tie the game. And after review, replay officials determined there was no foul on the play. Exactly. That, this is part of the problem. That confuses people. Because that reads to me like, oh, they oh they went and looked at it and they said there was no foul. That, that, so but that's th- never what they were doing. That was my point there. Is yeah. that what are they looking at then? And if they're looking if there's time left, then they can't then review what was yeah. a controversial call. And what's going to get even worse is later on today, I guarantee you're going to see in the last two-minute report, a foul should have been called. Mm. I, I, there's no way yeah. they can say that yeah. that was legal defense because he, he whacks him. Or, so w- or will it say uh, a timeout should have been granted? Because hmm. that was the <laughs> other part, right? So they get the stop, the Pelicans do. 
And you've seen it. I mean, Gentry's calling for a timeout. Yeah. Lonzo Ball's calling for a timeout. He's around half court. And um, J.J. Redick is calling for a timeout. Three guys call for a timeout. And there wasn't one granted. And then Ingram's going the other way and, and gets a look at it. I mean, gets a layup and tries to get it by Rudy and mm. gets fouled, maybe. And maybe that's part of a factor with it, too, because the referees are running back. You know, yeah. they're trying to they're trying to get back down onto the other side of the court because the Pelicans get a stop. They got to transfer the whole side of it. So you got the guy on the left baseline who gets there. But from his v- angle, for sure, Rudy Gobert is going straight up. He makes a great play. The other referee on the other side, on the other sideline, on the sideline that uh, Ingram is on, he's not quite there. So he probably doesn't see it. If Ingram doesn't try and wrap the ball around uh, to get a, yeah. a cleaner look at it, if he goes straight up into him, into Rudy, he probably gets a foul call there as well. Uh, that's what happens in the last couple of seconds of a game. It's hectic out mm. there. It's, bang, bang. It's, it's very difficult, even for the best defenders, to keep their arms straight up the entire time that yeah. someone comes in as well. I mean, you see often at the end, their hands will just kind of come over yep. a little bit. Um, but Gobert's in this particular case, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that he that he whacks him. I think it's clear on some uh, angles of the replay, and I don't think it is on others. I think yeah. the one above the backboard, I was like, I don't know, it doesn't really look like a foul. There is that one, no doubt, that it looks like he slapped his wrist. But yeah, yeah, and it, from the one above the backboard, it kind of looks like he loses the ball. Yes, and well, he kind of does. Yeah, yeah, he sort of yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, and who knows if this thing would even go in because he really yeah. didn't have control of the ball. And Rudy may or may not have contacted him after the ball was loose. And yeah, we're analyzing this hours after and it has to be said it's just so tough to call it live yes it's just it's impossible I to actually, call that that's why live. i sort of don't have a problem with the no call when if you're just talking about live action that i i think it's a i think you. it's a fair no call I, the way who it is as the def- defender how he defended him and just the the hecticness of it all uh, i'm sort of with trey i guess leaning towards that yeah and, and that's why the jazz played it super smart by as soon as it happened and you could tell it was controversial yeah. see ya we're <laughs> going to the locker room you'll never get us out of here ingram having a great game having great season he oh, wanted yeah. he wanted that chance to get to the free throw line eight for 80 shooting 80 yeah. percent on the season or 86 percent on the season like he wanted that chance Hundred percent. Should have tried to dunk on him. <laughs> it was fun. Call. It was funny seeing all the jazz players run off the court like they should, holding the two up too. You see, the jazz are doing this for any time Rudy Gobert does something good. They hold up a two, um, two for time for two time uh, defensive player of the year. Nice. <laughs> they were all nice. doing it if you watch the clip. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be. F- uh, holding up a one later on this season when he gets to the All-Star game for the first time because he, want, he wants to get there <laughs> yeah. real bad. Uh, and uh, the Joe Ingles was actually had to – he stayed on the court and uh, he was interviewed after the game and he was asked, why didn't you go back to the locker room? And he said, well, I was trying to go back to the locker room. They kept me here for some reason. I didn't want to be here. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you brought up all the rules and all the stipulations about what, what can we challenge and yeah. all that. Not to be – an obtuse sports fan, but sports fans don't want to read. They don't want to read a caption. They don't want to read rules. They just want to watch sports. <laughs> and, and I get it. I, and we all should know the rules, I guess. It, but he, I, I know we've been doing this for a long time. We've been NBA fans for a long time, and we still don't know. Still, like the inc- intricacies of every single rule. It's just not. It's not ingrained in us for some reason. No. Like, well, because they sort of change and they bring some in different of them, ones and some of them. But is different. Yeah, but it's even some of them that have been there forever. We're just mm. like we always travel. Ask you, Go out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a look. I, I'm sure New Orleans fans are upset. They've got just coming off the Saints loss, and this is always, <laughs> the Pelicans got got robbed out of a you know another 
you know, no call, I guess, earlier this season. I think it was against the Nets. Yeah, look, they're getting the, the short end of the stick. In That's this. actually a good what you got. Worst no call, Brandon Ingram on Rudy Gobert or Kyle Rudolph pushing off on the game-winning touchdown. Oh, wow. Ooh, should have been an <laughs> offensive pass interference if you ask me. Those arms were extended. If you thought we were done talking N- football, ah. you were wrong. Um, I, I thought Kyle Rudolph's nose got in the way of things. <laughs> It is. Yeah. He pushed off with that honker. <laughs> I was going to say it was ironic this game ended with like a, a defensive play when in fact it was the Jazz's worst defensive game of the season. I mean, gave up a lot of points, uh, obviously being a pretty good, solid defensive team uh, to the Pelicans. It was a high-scoring affair. Bogdanovich, one of the weirder lines you're ever going to yeah. see, goes for 35 points. I mean, yeah. he was huge uh, in shooting the ball. And then goose eggs the rest of the way until you get to turnovers. I mean, zeros in rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Might be the first time uh, to put up that many points and have those zeros since, like, Alan Houston did it. Um, that's a weird it line. Is, and he's amazing. done it twice yeah. now. He's yeah, done it twice. It's amazing that you just, like, in 33 minutes, the ball just wouldn't fall into your hands for a oh, rebound. Oh, I know. Or, or, or just a let steal go of it. Yeah. or something. Even, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, that's a, one of the weirder lines you're going to see. The Remember that Alan Houston game? Oh, Tass <laughs> takes me back. You, know, you see, Tass, I'm a basketball Because you played it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> was it against the Raptors? <laughs> I don't know. No. Oh. <laughs> I saw it, it on just... stat music. Ah, right, 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 right. <laughs> I thought it must have been some, you know, no. Raptor moment. No, 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 no. Um, all right, our next one. I love this one. Nastier moment from last night in the NBA. Trey's handles versus the Nuggets or Joel Embiid's dislocated finger. Nastier moment. What you got? You guys know I love a disgusting injury. I'm not grossed out by a finger like Joel Embiid's at all. I love seeing something flopping around like that, knowing that he's going to have a weird finger for the rest of his life. So I guess I will go with Trey Young's handles, the little, I guess it was a behind-the-back pass that he turned into a between-the-legs from uh, back to front. Froze a couple of different yep, uh, defenders. Porter, yeah, yep. that was uh, that was smooth, and then the easy layup. So, yeah, give me Trey's handles. Yeah, that, that uh, Joel Embiid one. It looked almost worse than we've seen of dislocated ones the way it was pointing out. The fact that he went it back out and played, you know, like yeah, well, they taped it up. And yeah, yeah. They, I guess they checked the X-rays yeah. very quickly. It wasn't broken. Yeah, it, it back but in it's always it when you see a um, you know a ligament or, or a finger or something like that just pointing in a completely opposite direction. It looks someone I think uh. maybe it was uh, Black Trade. I think tweeted it looked like he was. Uh, Holding a cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like so true when you look at that one clip. Yeah. It's like, why is he playing with a cig- holding a cigar out there? That's ballsy. Uh, that was pretty gross. Yeah. I he mean, came he, back. he could miss, he's saying, he could miss Thursday's game against the Celtics mm. um, after this dislocation. He said he was in a lot of pain. And I bet. They, they won the game. It was our pick'em game. We'll maybe get to that later. But uh, he was he was like basically saying, I couldn't hold the ball. I couldn't rebound all that well, which is a big reason why he said Adams was getting all these huge numbers against him. Um, pretty gross, but Trey's was nasty too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Trey nutmegged Jokic as well. Yeah, that, that the, the one Trey's talking about was pretty pretty sick. Yeah. Where, where you go? Tom? That was great. He nutmegged Nikola Jokic earlier in the game. Then he nutmegged himself, going between his own legs, and then scoring on that pass, scoring on that bucket, and then giving Michael Porter Jr. a little pat on the bum because they're buddies yep. uh, on that play. And uh, so that was cool. You know, they uh, they're drafted the same time, so they're they're buds. Yeah, double nutmeg. <laughs> I think uh, gets it to me for over uh, Embiid. Embiid is really odd that, yeah, he came back out, but then he's questionable for Thursday. Kind of weird. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's painful. A lot of know. swelling. Yeah. So has anyone yeah. dislocated a finger to that extreme? Like, I mean, we I got my little tiny fingers. crooked one, and yeah. it, it was honestly driving me crazy. And now it's just a hump. So yeah, yeah. not yeah. not anything gross like a Ronnie Lot. I got a couple of broken fingers, but never you never did? the dislocation. You broke your finger? Yeah, this one here. Like, oh yeah. 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 Oh, Lee is showing off and his. This uh, one here. Oh yeah, you, you got some crazy digits, fingers. bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one, the middle Thanks one. Thanks when you showed me your two middle fingers <laughs> for pointing them down. Yeah, yeah. So you no weren't giving me the middle finger. You weren't flipping <laughs> me the bird. Uh, this one, I remember, I went to the doctor like after about a month because the swelling hadn't gone down. He said, "Well, yeah, you broke it." Yeah. But I just never thought I did. And he said, "Well, do some rehab, like some, you know, like things like this with an Jerk orange it a and bit. a yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Nah, it'd be alright. It'll go down." And it never did. <laughs> Cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I asked. <laughs> I, I had to Google it after, speaking of pick and payoffs we're doing today, I had to Google after our last pick and payoff how to get rid of a, a fat knuckle because I banged my this knuckle <laughs> oh, yeah. off the rim. And oh, it's, it's, still, still, it's still fat. Oh, it's oh, still yeah. bugging the heck out of me. Yeah, you just got to work it out. Just massage out Ugh. those blood vessels. It doesn't bowl. go away. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty gross. Um, by the way, that Nuggets-Hawks game, you know, we're talking about Ice Trade doing the stuff he did in that game, but Jokic. Uh, monster, monster line, 47 points, career high for him. He got the will boy. Zero turnovers, according to Elias. I don't know this off the top of my head. This <laughs> according to Elias, uh, Jokic, third center with 45 points and zero turnovers in a game since Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 No, not Helen Houston. Oh, he wasn't a center. Slaughterdale. Shaquille O'Neal and Moses Malone also did it. Uh, the 45 points and then no turnovers. So it was, Jokic, look, look, the Jazz got the win. They're sort of rolling here again. Nuggets. Got the win, um, you know, an entertaining game versus the Hawks, but and they're also rolling here. So both those two teams that we had high hopes for at the beginning of the season, they struggle a little bit. They were playing catch up with the Lakers and the Clippers. They're they're playing a lot better here now as we have reached the new year and into 2020. Yeah, the Nuggets got beat by double digits on Saturday uh, yeah, night, sure, I guess so, so they'd started the road trip off one and two. So they're they're angry. They needed a W, and Nikola Jokic went out. And usually the Hawks would start John Collins on the other side of him at center, but they decided to go with Bruno Fernando, the rook, hmm. uh, just because he's bigger. And he didn't guard Jokic at all in that first half. And Jokic was just open yeah. at the three-point line, and Jokic took those shots and was banging him home. And, and I assume that Bruno Fernando didn't play in the second half. Uh, but maybe he got out there for a minute, but he uh, he wasn't playing lot. very well. 47 points. I found impressive. the Allen Houston game. You did, yeah. It's against the new uh, the uh, the Knicks against the Minnesota Timberwolves back in two thousand. There you go. You yeah. want to throw some more in the mix? Two other guys ever had thirty points oh, with goose eggs on rebounds, assists, and steals. Actually, I'll throw one of them out. There's only one other guy. Another this uh, George Gervin did it, but he had one block. Mm. Okay. This other guy had zero other stats. Dantley. No, this is a man you've met. You've shook his hand. You saw most of his career. Uh, you've been in a bus with him. Grant. You hear his voice Steve uh, Smith. every week, 3D. probably, in the NBA. A scorer Reggie Mill, doesn't do Reggie anything Miller. That's right. Uh, yeah, Reggie, Reggie. Very yeah. Allen Houston-like. That's yeah. right. That, that makes sense. Um, final one here, guys. A couple shocking road losses last night. The number one team in the NBA lost by 22 points in San Antonio and the uh, No Kemba Celtics. They came up short in the nation's capital, losing by five to the Wizards. So I'm asking you, more surprising loss from last night. Bucks in San Antonio? Or Celtics in Washington, what you got? It has to be the Celtics for me. The San Antonio Spurs are not a bad team. Mm. The Wizards had guys out there who no one's ever heard of playing. You yeah. heard of them if you listened to the podcast yesterday. 
Well, yes, there's a couple of those names. But, they were uh, chanting MVP for Ish, Ish Smith. Smith yeah. in He's the on fire quarter. right now. He had 27 points in the game, 14 in the final period. Yeah, had a stretch there where he hit 10 in a row. He five for five. In the last quarter, he was great. Yeah. Closing out. You sort of felt in that game, the Celtics, I know you, you, know, you mentioned they're missing Ken Walker, but at some point they were just going to yeah. take the game away from the Wizards. But the Wizards have been playing all right lately. They beat the Nuggets. They've beaten the Heat. I think this is a classic case of teams look at the Wizards and go, oh man, not even Beal's playing for them. All right, we got not the even, night off. Not even Beal. They were missing. I mean, six of their best players. Yeah. Because, like, no Wall, no Beal, no Rui Hachimura, no Thomas Bryant, no Davis Bertans, mm-hmm. and then uh, no Mo, Mo Wagner. Yeah. That's like... That's what I mean. That's like they're all-stars, they're starters, they're leading subs, like... And Garrison Matthews, new shooter, got hurt as yeah, well. Yeah, even left. Garrison. Uh, Ish Smith is the new James Harden. Dribble, 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 <laughs> dribble, 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 <laughs> score. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he came off a 35-point career high night on Saturday and then scored 27 yesterday. A little guy. Little guys were making things happen in this game. Isaiah Thomas also had a good game. Ish Smith had a good game. Jordan McRae got those shots up. <laughs> Never a concern with him. You know he's going to shoot. 24 attempts, only eight makes. But when you're a team that is missing a whole bunch of players, guys got to shoot. So it's good to go out there and just play free. Mm-hmm. The Wizards, they're fun to watch right now. That's why, to me, it's more of a surprise that the Bucks lost to the Spurs. It's their first loss to a team under 500. You say the Spurs aren't bad, but they're kind of bad this year. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not great. Yeah. No, they are, but there was also a, a measure of revenge there because they lost last week to the Bucks, uh, and the Spurs got hot uh, from well, downtown That's last exactly night. right. 19 three-pointers, mm. season high for the Spurs. Yeah. But I think it is that Milwaukee loss, just be you know it being 22 points. Because on the one hand, the Wizards, you said it, they've been playing well despite all the injuries. They've picked up wins over Miami, Denver, and Boston now you know in these past five outings. You're right. Probably a big part of that is teams looking at who the hell's across from them going, mm-hmm. well, this will be an easy win. They're scrappy. and then But this Bucks one, their largest margin of defeat, losing by 22 since game one of last season's Eastern Conference semifinals versus the Celtics. It's uh, quite the spread there. And then they talk, I let, you know, Budenholzer and Giannis talking about it after the game, like, we're going to use this to learn from this. It's nice, you know. They, I, well, coaches love this. When you're a good team yeah. and you're, you're killing the rest of the league, you know a coach like Budenholzer loves it because he's like, oh, now, now when I talk to them in practice or whatever, they're gonna, they're gonna little, little listen a little bit more. This was eye opening for us. I got a little worried in the uh, late in the third quarter when Patty Mills kind of undressed Robin Lopez and drained a three in his face. We know Robin doesn't like to get shown up. No. We want to see Raging <laughs> Lopez out there. Yeah, Raging Robin. Yeah. But it's a bit of a badge of honor for the Bucks because they were the last team to lose to a sub 500 team this season, going 20 and 0 to start the year. And that just shows how you know how set and ready they are every single night. That's a it's a tough team to beat. Period. Oh, the, the Lakers that streak's gone for them. Taking care of Lakers are twenty and zero against teams below five hundred. Yeah, so Bucks are twenty three and one. Oh, okay. So they had more wins. I got you. Well, Uh, that's weird. I had the stat wrong. Oh, oh my goodness. I wonder if those things change. Like, if the Spurs end up over 500 at the end of the year, this loss goes away? No. It's it's their record at the time. Yeah. 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 I I believe, at least. I I think that's right, yeah. Stats. Um, (laughs) But just, you know, the the perfect, you know, you looked at the schedule last night and you go, eh, it wasn't. Outside of, really, the Thunder Sixers game, there didn't seem to be, like, a juicy-looking game by any means. Um, in terms of two sort of teams rolling, playing well. Not that the Sixers were rolling. I mean, they, they snapped their losing streak. But two good teams, I guess. But then you have these results, you know? You just mm-hmm. never know. You had a great, know. entertaining um, Nuggets-Hawks game. Kaka. So you got to watch the games, guys. you got to watch the games. I mean, Markel Fultz had a career night last night. 
He did. It's a great point. Yeah. He's he is having a very solid little season here. It's it's being in Orlando absolutely perfect. perfect. Yeah. We talked about it at the time. The perfect spot to go because no one's paying really any attention. That's probably good for a guy like him that could maybe get in his head a little too much when you have the bad outing and then suddenly there's a million articles and a million podcasts saying, Oh, oh, he's a bust. Throw him there with Anthony Bennett. He's a bust. No, instead he has twenty five and you're right. Barely even a whisper mm. about it. And that's probably for the best. All right, lots more to get to here on the show. But first, guys, oh, back to football. The second week of the playoffs is upon us. The bad news is that there's only a few more weeks left in the football season. But the good news is you can still get your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. And if you've never played before, there's even more to celebrate. You can play for a $1 million top prize this weekend. One million dollars? That's right, Lily. We didn't even rehearse that. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at the $1 million top prize. Everybody is sweating watching football. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs with only the best football teams left. And we listed them all yesterday. Uh, There's no better time to be playing. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code RUN. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. Remember, that's code RUN, and you can get a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks only at DraftKings. And then this is probably the part where I say the disclaimer like super, super fast. Let's see it. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I mean, that was as fast as I could do it. Well done. All right, true or false? According to Mark Stein, the Sacramento Kings are among the teams that have tried to engage the Lakers in Kyle Kuzma trade talks. The Kings know they would have to include Bogdan Bogdanovich in any deal, but the athletic Sam Amick says the Kings are unlikely to be interested in a straight-up swap. The Kings value Bogey's versatility, are comfortable with his restricted free agency, and, well, they're winless without him, so he's maybe important to their team. But true or false? Guys, Kuzma for Bogey is a fair deal in theory. True or false? Definitely false. False. Okay. Bogdan is the better player. Yeah. And maybe because Kyle Kuzma plays in Los Angeles, he has got more hype around him. So, yes, if you check out the tweets, Kuzma is the better basketball player. Right. Uh-uh. Bogdan can create off the bounce, create for others. That's not – Kuzma can't do that. Bogdan is there – can be a point guard. He can create shot, and he is creates his own shot. Kuzma is good – Solid and can be a contributor, but you know other people have to contribute or create for him. But he hasn't. Kuzma hasn't been able to show everything he's got this season. Then, then that's clear. He had a better year last year, and he needs to go somewhere. Most likely, you know, if depending if you know when LeBron retires or something, maybe he can do it in L.A. But I'm sure he wants to go somewhere so he can get paid because he's at 12 points per game off the bench. He's not going to get paid what he what he's worth because he is a solid player. But Bogdan is probably underrated because he plays with the Kings. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I like Bogdan. But Kuzma's three years younger than them. Does that come into play at all? Or doesn't sway? I think Kuzma is what Kuzma is, and that's fine. 
so what is he? He's a one-dimensional player that's not even that great. Maybe yeah, to that me, that is the thing is that six-man seems like the role for Kyle Kuzma. Mm -hmm. Come in, score a bunch of points, yeah. pull a boy on Bogdanovich, net 35, and don't do anything else. Um, the other thing with Bogdan Bogdanovich, though, I feel like uh, you see him play in FIBA, and you're expecting a lot more come into the NBA. You know, PER-wise, they're about the same. Uh, Kuzma can score a little bit better, but Bogdan does a lot more stuff. Yeah, like you're saying, Tass, he can run an offense. He can be the secondary creator. He can create shots for other guys. But it looks like he could still be unleashed a little bit. I would love to see him playing with the Lakers. You can understand why the Lakers right. would be into uh, Bogdanovich over Kuzma, just because he does offer a little bit of versatility. But if the Lakers can get uh, uh, Kuzma to buy into being the sixth man and figure it out, he could excel there. I do. I do agree. Bogdanovich being underutilized in Sacramento because he's coming off the bench uh, because they have too many guys in front of mm. him, and that could be something that his agent decides. Well, we got to go somewhere else. I mean, you guys yeah. have too many players playing in front of us, and maybe that bodes well even for a Lakers. Maybe we can grab this guy from another team because he is being underutilized and and steal him because. Yeah, I, I don't think he's FIBA. Quite FIBA, Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's, that's what he's certainly uh, living off uh, to some extent. He had a very, very good tournament. Because a year ago, I think it would have been much closer in, in, in the comparison between oh, these right, two players. Right, because Kuzma was also having a much better Yeah, year, exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and Kuzma's definitely having a, uh, a rougher season right now. So it, it's it's close. But uh, yeah, I would I would rather have Bogdanovich. I think he does offer a little bit more. But if I'm the Kings, I, I, I wouldn't make that move. I, I would wait and see what happens in the offseason. You've got no incentive really to trade him you've got other guys as you mentioned there they've got a, a lot of players in that position see what the market is and then uh, decide from there well right and could this be the classic case of uh you know stein again first reporting this uh the lakers trying to drive up the price on kyle kuzma saying right you know oh there's like this type of guy that we look for <laughs> it's it's definitely in play uh sacktown royalty you know the diehard king site they said trading bogey for kuzma would cause riots yes <laughs> um probably fair you know, it really does depend a little bit on what Vladi and the Kings think they're going to do with the restricted free agency of, of, of Bogey here. Like, I guess if they don't see any sort of agreement where they would sign him and keep him because they got Fox and, and Buddy Heald, then yeah, they're going to try and get, you would try and get something for him. But again, Sam Emick saying, no, they're comfortable with him. Yeah, how comfortable? Yeah, right. The, um, the bigger problem is they've got a guy like Ariza who could, he could literally take the spot of Trevor Ariza and play with Fox. And play with Bo and uh, Bagley. That's yeah. That would be the perfect fit. But they've signed all the oldies, and they're taking up his minutes, and that's the problem. If the Kings did anything like this and got Kuzma back in, I mean, they'd have to move. They got to move. They'd have so many bigs, mm. like or like those wing type bigs. Like you'd have to move a Barnes or a Bielitsa, or a, I mean, I know Deadman probably or Harry Giles. Like there's a lot of guys. Probably not Bagley, of course, but there's just too mm. many guys. There wouldn't. I almost wouldn't see the minutes there. Um, Bobby Marks and Kevin Pelton. They think the Lakers with Kuzma should put a, should make a move for Robert Covington if possible. That should be like their option A. Marks was calling it in a trade target as a trade target, like a package of Kuzma, Cousins, and Cook. Would that be enough to entice the Timberwolves? Covington would make sense, no doubt. Cousin, to Lakers, Covington makes sense. But I feel like we always get to a point with LeBron teams where he will be complaining. We need another playmaker. We need somebody else who can take the load off my shoulders. Maybe that is Rondo. Maybe he uh, turns it around a little bit. Maybe they do bring in Darren Collison, yeah. and that's the guy. But uh, Covington it would be a perfect slide him in and fit, but he's not getting shots for anybody. He's finishing shots. He's playing defense, which is fits in on a LeBron team, but he always wants somebody else who can do something, I feel like. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right about needing another playmaker. I guess I'm just assuming it's going to be Darren Collison, and that will that will help them out. And then I think, well, what else do they need? Kuzma, again, he's pretty one-dimensional. He's not even that great at that skill right now. I would think the Lakers, you know, Palenka, looking at playoff series, are like, we need another wing defender. So mm-hmm. we need a Covington, or we need a Crowder, or we need like we need someone like that to put on a Kawhi, or maybe even a Giannis if we were to make the finals. Like, just give me some some a defensive guy that can hopefully hit like a corner three or something like that too but we'll see it'll be interesting I, I think the i just think the discussion around kyle kuzma is so interesting like like where you think he falls in the nba spectrum of being a good player <laughs> because it's uh it seems very wide some people think he's not good at all some people think oh that's that's an all-star still in the making it's just fascinating to me where he sort of uh, your opinion on him. He and he outplayed very... his draft position as well yeah. as a late first-round draft pick. The fact that he is a rotation player, he is going to be playing for 10 years or something like that, you know? He is a good player, so it definitely feels like, man, this guy could have been a top-five pick is what it seemed like two seasons ago, yeah. right? So he's uh, he's getting the L.A. bump. He's getting the draft bump. I mean, he played for Team USA until he got injured. Like, I know that was a third or fourth team by the time he got there but they obviously felt that he had something to offer yeah. on that team um so yeah and, and he did he, i mean he, yeah that's his, his season got off to a rough start yeah. and i think it's fair to use the injury as an excuse of course mixed in with the whole oh now anthony davis is here and hey now you're coming off the bench too yeah it's a whole different role yeah. but I, a, I just i guess i don't really know how i feel about him hmm. i don't know like is he is he gonna be like the third best player on a good team or is he better suited as a a bench dude come off the bench and yeah. fire away I, I mean that that's how he started early, his yeah. career just just coming off and shooting and yeah. and, it, and it worked but uh things have changed quickly for him for the situation and the role but i, I think i think he's young enough that he's still worth taking a flyer on for someone and, yeah. and seeing what he can offer you and, and seeing if he can adapt his game and become some sort of a creator for for others or for himself oh yeah rather than just a shooter yeah we i mean we talked about it briefly yesterday that whole idea like if this whole thing with Kuzma's trainer has pissed off LeBron, uh, you know, LeBron father says goodbye, it's the kiss of death, get him out of here, then you're, I'm with you. S- you know, smart teams, young teams building for the future should try and snag him yeah. if you can. Um, I threw out the Grizzlies yesterday. There's many other teams. Like, yeah, I w- I, I'm not saying he's a bust by any means. Get him. Because remember the Lakers as well wouldn't right include him in that trade last season well, for Davis. Well, 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 well. Is, is it they wouldn't he include him or the Pelicans breaker. didn't want him and they wanted Ball and Ingram a lot more? That's mm, that's their know. spin on it. But they could be very easily David Griffin and the Pelicans saying, eh, we don't want him. <laughs> we don't want <laughs> We'd him. rather the other guys, thanks. Right? It's possible. It's possible. But it, it felt like he was the one player the Lakers weren't going to give up Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma. And it felt no, like it no. felt like at the time when it, when yeah. the first trade request came out, the, that the Lakers were like, "You're not getting all of them. We'll give you those two. We want to keep Kyle." Yeah. LeBron's just playing us. He <laughs> just says whatever he wants out there. We buy it. Sure, we'll chew it up. Next one: Blake Griffin is reportedly considering undergoing season-ending knee surgery. This news broke uh, basically right after we recorded yesterday's show, according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. He's going to see a specialist this week in LA to weigh his options. The all-NBA power forward, he was all-NBA last year, Mm. Um, missed the first 10 games of the season, and he hasn't played yet in 2020 here. He's having a brutal, brutal year. He's averaging 15 points, 15 and a half points per game. Um, Has a lot left on that deal. Two years, 76 million. I'm coming at this from a weird way, but true or false, the Clippers won the Blake Griffin trade. True. You betcha. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the Clippers. Ultimately, yes. 
it turned into several different things. A good tweet came actually from Ryan Snellings over at Clipper Blog. Yeah. Uh, like, and he, he's laid it out here what they've got in return. All right, hit me with it. Okay. Gilgis Alexander, Landry Shamet, Zubats, Wilson Chandler, and Jermichael Green expiring deals as well as Garrett Temple. First round pick from Philly. First round from Miami. Two second rounds plus cap space. That's because of the extra deals from there yeah. in, the, in the summer that went on that allowed that to happen because of trading for Blake Griffin. But they've won the last two years since they've traded him too. I mean, they, they've won, sure, they've won the future, but they've also won the past already. They were able to start the rebuild two years earlier. The same pist- the same thing that the Pistons are doing two years later now. Um, they may, but, you know, the Pistons made a lateral move because Blake is some name power, but they just they didn't get any results really. Both franchises really had the same results since the trade. They went to one playoff round. They lost. Maybe even the Clippers was better because they took the Warriors yeah. to six games. And the Clippers didn't have to pay Blake. They they won. They won in the management, from the management perspective. Allow me to support the Detroit dudes. All <laughs> the Detroit dudes wanted was to go back to the playoffs. And Blake Griffin put the team on his back, got him to the playoffs, and then missed the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's probably going to be missing a lot more time. And they still owe him a lot of money for a lot of years. And now it looks like tanks for the memories, Blake. Mm. We got four games in the playoffs. Much appreciated. Oh, man. We're always going to have that one year where the Pistons were semi-exciting. <laughs> because of your right. Because, what year? I mean, that year. Where Blake last year. where he was. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was good. Because like, we, we talked great. about forever. Like, they were the most depressing team the Pistons to me like they just were never exciting I would couldn't care less to watch them play and Blake comes and it was like he was great I mean it was like 24 and 8 and the 5 assists and is he was this, hitting the 3 is and, this the best basketball Blake Griffin has yeah, ever played in mean, his career look, he was great and so that was at least fun for a second and then you're now they're just honestly they're right back to being that very very and I know they've looked they're, they're getting excited about some of their young guys they got Sekou and I, I guess people are you're still excited about Luke Kennard as a player, and okay, um, but <laughs> and truthfully, they they are right back to square one, and that's why you gotta. They're gonna be making this move. They're gonna be trading Andre Drummond. We're gonna be doing an emergency podcast about it, and uh, they gotta just rebuild for the future. And unfortunately, they're gonna yeah. have to keep Blake here and just yeah. hope he gets healthy again. Yeah, and and they, when they made that trade, remember Stan Van Gundy at the time said, "Look, we we have to trade for a star name because they don't come here through free agency." So yeah. They went and for they it. had a brand new barn yeah, trying to get yeah. people out. And, and Blake, Blake held up his end of the bargain in that, in that first You're season right. by, by performing to an all-NBA level. Uh, but his body, there was a risk there that, that his body was going to let him down and it ultimately looks like it's going to again. Good news for the Pistons. They got all their first-round picks. Woo! They're going to get some more. They're going to trade Andre Drummond. And maybe Reggie Jackson won't be around anymore. That just helps. Bad news for the Pistons. <laughs> They have all their first-round picks. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, they got to do the drafting. It's a real catch-22. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah, they're not knocking it out of no, the park. No, they're not knocking it out of the park. Unless, unless Dumbuya hits them. Hits a jack with along with Reggie Jackson. They go back-to-back jacks. Back-to-back-to-back. <laughs> back back. All right, final one here, guys. The 2020 NBA dunk contest field is uh, starting to take shape here. The Athletics' Shams reported on Monday that Dwight Howard has agreed to participate in the competition for the fourth time in his career. Shortly thereafter, it was revealed that three other dunk contest invites, by the sounds of it, had been sent to Derek Jones Jr., who's apparently game, Grizzlies rookie John Morant, who is mulling his decision, and two-time dunk champ Zach Levine, who is, quote, more likely to participate if he makes the East All-Star game. That last nugget comes by way of ESPN's Eric Woodyard. So, true or false, you're excited 
for the 2020 dunk contest with what, you know, these reports. With Dwight in there, sounds like Derek Jones Jr., maybe some of these other guys. True or false? True. True. Dwight Howard is fun in dunk contests. He brings some sort of gimmick and some sort of uh, fun to it. You know he's going to get... Isn't that what people ended up hating? Was that Dwight yeah, kept but... on bringing out different costumes to well, put on? We, we, need, we need something because, uh, you know, with all due respect, uh, uh, last year's winner, Hamadou Diallo. Yeah. yeah. Is not the most memorable name. So you're not like, even getting an invite this year. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we don't need you back. No, that's an interesting question. I think I they're going to increase the number. So do I. I. I've been saying it for a while. And I, I think, think it's going to go to six. And yeah. yeah, I'm upset if they don't. If you uh, if you win a dunk contest, you should honestly, I think, get a chance to defend it. I don't care if you're Diallo or if you're Dwight Howard, like wherever Fred your Jones. team falls. I just think you should. <laughs> he also wasn't bad. I mean, no, the guy was dunk. Bad, like, I mean, the thing, not the, doing layups like he's Daryl Armstrong yeah. out there. The so. thing about the thing about Dwight, though, at, at this stage of his career, he, wanting to come back into it, you think he's not just going to turn up and mail it in. He's going to try to do something that entertains the fans. Yeah, Yo, you're right. Yeah, but it is going to be some sort of gimmick dunk where I think his Lakers teammates will come out there, and I think that'll be the best part about it. LeBron will probably run, be running behind him along with Alex Caruso or something to that effect, <laughs> or they do a Voltron dunk, and, and, that, and that's, that'll look great, Yeah. Um, but it won't be the best dunk. I want to see if he can still dunk on the 12-foot rim like oh. he did. Just have him do all of his same dunks again? Sure, why not? Why not? Fred Jones. Was not invited back. That's tough. <laughs> got was he, the, was he still in the league? Yeah, the Raptors clenched uh, yeah. logo. He gave him a big maybe, fat yeah, contract. Maybe right. he declined. Yeah, that's mm. true. I guess they could. I'll uh, say false for now. I'm not excited yet. I don't like Zach Levine holding the dunk contest <laughs> hostage. <laughs> okay. I'm saying I'm going in the three-point contest. Literally nobody wants to see you in the three-point contest, Zach Levine. Though he's made a lot of threes. He's shooting over 40%. He's also saying... I'll go in it if you put me in the All-Star game. I you think know. coaches are like, oh, man. Oh, man. Zach Levine will go in the dunk contest? I got to put him in the All-Star game. I mean, he'll be he'll be on the borderline because he's scoring a whole bunch of points and the Bulls are making that playoff push. But just say yes. Yeah. yeah we need he, you, buddy. I don't like I don't like this using this whole idea. We've And he's not the first to do it. I mean, De- right. DeAndre Jordan, I think, has done it in the past, this idea of like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll do it because I'll be there, but only if you get me there. As an all- I'm yeah. not a fan of that. Come on. Especially – it's in Chicago, too. Yeah. It's yeah. in Chicago, Zach. You haven't had a great year. Your team has it. You give them something to get excited about. Give us something. Um, I wish he was just like, yeah, I'm going in. Let's do it. Yeah, you see the four names. Dwight Howard, Zach Levine, Derek Jones Jr., John Moran. It looks great. It does look good. But the two that you're least interested in right now, I think, are Dwight Howard and Derek Jones Jr. Those are the guys who are for sure in. So we got to get those other two to say yes. I want Derek say Jones yes Jr. To, to finally like put in a good performance. I, I think I'm, I'm excited because he was in 17. <laughs> mm. He... Look, first time, there's nerves. Um, there is there is a dance to winning this thing or being good in this thing. I think reps help. And uh, Tell that's a Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> one time, one win. But I think I, I have high hopes for Derek Jones Jr. because of him being in it. And then he was injured there. Last, uh, I guess he was injured there the one year that he couldn't go back yeah. in it. But I'm excited. I, he's going to actually... Uh, who knows the real field, but uh, he's going to be one of my favorites to win it. I, I think he'll uh, having that experience will help him. But I, I'm excited. I don't know about Dwight. Does he still have that uh, like elite level athleticism? I mean, that's a long time ago he was in this. Like, I know he can still dunk. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> but he, look, he's feeling 09 great. was the last time he was in this, man. He's feeling great. He's playing well. He's going to have the short shorts going. He's going to have the wild hair going. Yeah. People are going to be like, yeah, Dwight. The, the household name part of <laughs> Dwight definitely helps yeah. peak interest. There's no doubt about that, at least the, maybe the casual fan. This is going to be the closest we have to LeBron James entering 
a slam dunk contest because he's going to be out there doing something with Dwight. You I think, think I think the entire going to be doing something with Dwight. <laughs> uh, I put money on that. He's not. I think the whole squad is going to be wow. there. Javale, wow. Caruso, uh, the, doing something. Let's throw that in air quotes. Doing something. He'll be on the court running. Uh, jumping around React. for Dwight Howard. <laughs> They're going to do something together. This squad is doing it together. You see Alex Caruso throw a dart. Yeah. You see Dwight Howard jumping around. The entire team's doing it. Yeah, I think he'll be out there doing it. Uh, I think LeBron will get invited to the All-Star game, so he'll be there on Saturday <laughs> night. And I do sympathize with Zach Levine to some degree because he doesn't want to be known as a dunker, you know, like a lot of guys, uh, but he's not making the All-Star team. It's mm. it's just unlikely. It's, it's, it's unlikely. It, it's unlikely. And What's so bad about being known as a dunker? Is it so bad to be known as the greatest dunker of the 2000s? No, Isn't that I bad. Think, I think no, I think it's it, badass. I, I, yeah, exactly. I think people like it when they're young, but then they want to be known for more than just the uh, dunker. Yeah. And that's why Zach should go in the three-point shootout. No one's ever won both. This is his chance. He's shooting 39. percent He's not Do like both. Then that's fine. No, Damian Lillard did. Yeah, but he. It's not like he's you know he's out there shooting 26 percent or anything. Like he's a good. He's a decent three-point shooter at home. He'll dress up. Be great. Dress up. In his uniform. <laughs> uh, he, the NBA might. should tell him, if you won in the three-point contest, if you won in the All-Star game, do the dunk contest. That's what we want you there mm. for. We'll do. We'll throw a uh, bone. You can do the other ones, too. John Morant. I, I really, truly hope he does go in it. Um, he, I think he. there's no doubt he's a pretty incredible dunker. He'd be a good one. Uh, and as uh, the Rookie of the Year favorite, I'd like to see Zion Williamson make his return to the NBA <laughs> in the 2020 dunk contest. <laughs> that would be amazing. He comes back and then he's out for the rest of the that season. That would be oh. amazing. Uh, and I really do hope we get this to six dunkers because I think Diallo should be there. And and I'd like, I don't mind the four guys we got in the mix. Who, know, who knows who that sixth would be? Um, Aaron Gordon, I, I remember early in the season, was talking about running it back and giving it another If he's goal. an all-star, he'll be in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but let's hear from you guys. Are you excited for the 2020 dunk contest? You know that thing you were talking about, Tass? The, um, the Caruso dunk and you had the Lakers trailing behind them and they do the jump? Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, I, am, yeah. I am so in on this, like, dunk development over the last couple of years, whatever you want to call it, where I, I guess you've, you've seen it in, like, high school games or whatever. Mixed Thank game. you to LeBron for having a high school-age son. That's why this is happening in the NBA. I love it. And what I'm talking about, of course, is someone goes up to throw down the dunk and everyone else on the team, be it on the bench, fans, whatever, they all jump in unison. Mm-hmm. I think it looks so goddamn awesome. Mm. It's very and cool. And I want somebody – I mean, you're saying the Lakers maybe will do it with a Dwight. I'd, someone take it to the next level, like – I don't know how you would do it, but try and get everybody to do it. Like, use it in your dunk arsenal. Like, either bring out, like, 50 kids or something, like, from a school or something. Like, it just looks awesome. I don't even care what the dunk is. It could be a little basic dunk in the world and it still looks cool. Yeah. Somebody should add that. I, I I like the idea of a super dunk, but you gotta have a, you gotta have a cool dunk. Okay, it's all about the yeah. dunk, dog. Here's not, the other thing. Not with get... Dwight. There's not gonna be much from Dwight. It's gonna be a pretty basic. You think dunk. he's just gonna be doing post ups? <laughs> well, I mean, Dwight had creative dunks. In, <laughs> that would be in wicked. Dunk contest yeah. pass. He's gotta he go that... sort of horizontal and do something somewhat cool, but you know it's not gonna be John Morant or. He is definitely gonna bring back the Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, like that yeah. Superman returns. Like ninety nine percent filmed in Illinois. I don't know. Really. I'd be he's, he's trying to, I think he's trying to wash away the past. What he should do then is, is bring out Nate Robinson and dunk over Nate Robinson. Remember when Nate yes. dunked over him? Yeah. So. Super impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got one of the smallest guys in league history. I'm going to jump over him. Another thing to get excited about, though, is then once, uh, once these invites start flying out, 
you're starting to see the in-game dunk contest auditions. Like, Aaron Gordon had some nice yes. ones last night. Good point. I feel like uh, once the dunk contest is in the ether, mm-hmm. people want to perform yep. and say, hey, I could have been there. I'm just not. That's a, that's a great call. All right, again, let us know. Are you excited or not? Who else you want to see in it? Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag NoDunks, or at NoDunksInc. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. My tweet of the night goes to at GSW Chris, who simply tweeted, L-M-A-O-O-O-O-O, Warriors Kings is lit. And then he included or attached this clip from that Warriors Kings game. Let's have a listen. Bowman just picked Aaron Fox and Smilegeach diving on the deck. Give it back to Bowman to lay it up and out. Oh, that's a man. That's a four-on-one. The Warriors, you have to. If you missed any part of the game, just rewind that last sequence. That was it. The whole story. Jacob Evans with another steal, and then Fox with a re-steal. What is happening? Oh no! layup. Oh no! Yeah, oh no is right. What is happening? Um, that was a Kings turnover. Warriors in transition. Bowman blows the four-on-one fast break layup. Warriors miss an offensive rebound tip. Kings nearly throw it away in transition. Fox sort of settles it down for a second. Bielitsa turns it over, trying to throw the ball into the post. Warriors give it right back on a Fox steal, but then Fox misses a layup. Finally, he grabs the rebound, though, and gets fouled. Um, not a great little sequence there from Warriors Kings. No. It was lit, though, as at GSW Chris. I love at your man Divine tweeting also. When the commentator says, what is happening? You know the game is producing some restaurant-quality lasagna. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I know. Great tweet from Dan Divine. Give him a hug for that one. Uh, but just a wild, wild little sequence there in that uh gets my tweet of the night honors. I imagine it was indicative of the quality of the game because like Tass knows, like David Allen Greer knows, there are these 10 minute recaps of the games on YouTube. I was not tuning into the Warriors last night, so I thought I gotta catch up, gotta do my due diligence. Yep. Couldn't make it through a 10 minute recap. Ooh, Ooh, brutal. Yeah, I think the Warriors missed something like 17 threes to start the game. It was was not pretty. Kings Kings crushed them uh, for the second time this season. All right, Pick'em Results, presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the app store. Has this ever happened to you? Friend goes on a podcast, says he's going to send you money for gas, but you tell them not to. But then that friend sends you cash, even though you told them not to. And then you can't figure out how to cancel the transfer. So you have to send the money back. But then that gives your friend a chance to send it back, which means you then have to send it back again. Has this ever happened to you? Uh If so... Get the Cash App, the easiest way to send money back and forth with your friends, even if you don't want to. But Cash App does way more than that. That's right. We're talking the cash card, and you know we're talking boosts. Boosts! Which are like instant rewards for shopping at the places you already love. Getting paid to shop sounds like a dream. We're also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you instantly receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. That's 20 bucks in 2020-2020 vision. Just makes sense. So don't forget promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download the Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Monday Night Results. OKC in Philly. Sixers were favored by 7.5. We thought that was a little weird. But Vegas was oh so close. They got the seven-point win, but OKC covers, just covers. <laughs> That's a loss for Tass and I. Trey and Lee pick it up. 
taking OSKC early in the month. We got three guys, two and one. Tass is one and two. What's tonight's game? The Los Angeles Lakers are at home to the New York Knicks. Second half of the NBA TV doubleheader. What's the line? What do you guys think? Knicks visiting the Lakers. It's got to be big. Double right? digits. But the Knicks have been good. Yeah, that's I don't know, like uh, Mike Miller's done them. No. I don't know. 10 and a half? 11 and a half? 13 and a half. Oh! Wow. That's the third game large. of a four-game trip for the Knicks. Right. They've lost to the Suns by eight. Clippers by three hmm. on that Sunday day game. And right. here they go. Didn't have to travel. Nope. That's no, nice. No, but you've been in L.A. for, uh, well, a couple of nights. Maybe mm-hmm. got up to too much mm-hmm. fun. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, uh, did you do any research fun. on this one against the spread, man? Yeah. Knicks are great against the spread <laughs> on the road. Okay. They've been playing well since Mike Miller took over. Yeah. It's a big bite from the Big Apple. Give me the Knicks to cover. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Take, take the ML. Take that money line. <laughs> <laughs> take the money line. We'll give you two wins. In the, uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Uh, I, I mean, like, the Lakers I, are yeah. rolling too. Though. Yeah, but they're not—they're not sort they're of not blowing crushing, teams out. No. Five yeah. straight. They beat the Blazers by eight. Yeah. Mavs by thirteen. Suns by ten. Pels by ten. Ugh. Pistons by seven. Hmm. I'll take the Lakers, Ben. I don't like it. I don't like it. Fourteen points is just because. Because the thing is, they can be up twenty with four minutes yep. to go. Yep. And they empty their bench, and then it's. That's the why Nick, the they just call every it point gambling. Gambling, man. Yeah. You gotta risk it. Yeah. I'm a gambling man. Uh, Tass, we go. Go ahead. Where are you on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Give me the Knicks. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm gonna go with the Knicks. That seems a little too big. The Lakers are going to uh, yeah. probably win the game, but it could be one of those uh, weird ones again. We've had back-to-back uh, pickums where it's like been within half a point of the line, so maybe we get another one. I uh, mean, the line is actually the whole number, the seven yesterday, but we add a half, so we don't, oh, we wow. don't push, well, right? Push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so pushes. We don't, so no pushes around here. Okay, so Lee's taking uh, the Lakers to cover big. Got to win by 14 <laughs> or more. Everybody else taking the Knicks, uh, and some of us even taking the Knicks money line. Great. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's picking results. Guys, that's it for us here today. But it's a back-to-back jacks type of day in the No Dunks office. We're going to have a second podcast for you a little bit later in the day. Talking about the trade deadline. This one should be fun. So make sure you're subscribed to the No Dunks Podcast wherever you download and listen to the show. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, five stars. Brace the day, people. You could stay.